Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Hockey Life podcast. We're joined today by Vladan Stransky, uh, who started his career in Ostrava in Czechia, playing for HC Vitovice, uh, and then as well moving to Canada to play with the Dauphin Kings for two seasons, as well as a stint with the Japan Paper Cranes, uh, the Nippon Paper Cranes. Then moving back to Czech to play uh, with HC Paruba and finally moving down under to Australia where he started his career with the Sydney Bears playing until 2010 with two good old cups under his belt as well as playing the World Championships in 2009 and then getting gold in the World Championships uh, when they were in Melbourne winning all four games. So very honored to have him here, Vladan Stransky. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, welcome. You've done some homework on yeah, Oh, hey, he's, uh, he's been practicing this one. He's been G'd up for this episode. We've, uh, we've wanted to have you on the pod for a, for a while and um, we appreciate you giving us a bit of your time to Pleasure talk about your, your hockey life and your journey. So yeah, let's yes. kick it up. So thanks for having me, boys. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. Before we uh, get right to where it started uh, back home in Czechia. Uh, just for any viewers or listeners who don't or haven't seen Vladan play, absolute dominant force in the AHL. And I watched the top defenseman from the league stand off him because they didn't want to get fooled again by the toe drag and the moves. And just to put it into perspective, <laughs> he used to walk across the blue line. I remember this emphatically. And he used to hold the puck right out to the right-hand side and as a defenseman, you're so kind of, it seems like such an easy target to poke check or move for the puck if it's so far from the player's body. And right when they did that, he would toe drag completely between his legs, be on the complete opposite side, heading towards the boards. And once the defenseman stepped to chase, he would tight turn, curl, and then move into the high slot and either pass or shoot. And he would continually do this and frustrate the defenseman <laughs> until they finally kind of figured out what was going on and then they wouldn't commit to that uh, puck being far out from the body. And when he finally made the toe drag as if it was going to go between his legs, the defenseman would head to the boards, but he would just kick it off the outside of his skate and be in the same spot, high slot, ready to pass or shoot. And it just continued constantly. So I remember watching that from the bench and thinking that that is a play that that's a hockey player right there just striking fear into the hearts of these aussie defensemen and just turning their their ankles into pretzels that's uh yeah i remember watching a lot of those games and just you definitely stood out in in every one of those games so you remember you remember me playing yes of course yeah so i sort of when when, when did you join so i started with the bears uh probably probably four or five years ago but i started actually with the ice dogs in 2011 2011. and then and then one year after i retired yeah so like i as as a kid obviously uh being a being a dog supporter growing up in the Blacktown oh, uh, so yeah exactly so yeah you you definitely uh, um, you know you caused a bit of havoc on, on the ice for those guys because that was like you like I said you definitely stood out all the time and there was, it just sort of seemed like there was an aura around you constantly with the way that you played and with that beautiful description that Shawnee yeah, said check connection on the Bears it was ridiculous, ridiculous. oh yeah yeah now Vladan let's throw it all the way back okay Ostrava Czechia, what was it like growing up back then and starting your hockey journey? You know, how, how did that all kind of come together? It was, you know, I was basically given no choice as a kid. My dad, my dad was a player, yep. you know, he was a, um, you know, the top league, 
public player and he had a sniff at the national team, which those days, you know, 70s, 80s, in the old regime, no, the best players stayed in a country, you know, you, right. you could not just go and play NHL or mm. Finland, Sweden, you name it. The borders were closed. So all the best players stayed in the country and he was one of the best of them, right? And then wow. even made it to the national team. He never played world championships, but he was, you know, he was in the national team and went uh, overseas with the national team, played against Gordie Howe, no uh, Wayne Gretzky, right? Yeah, like in Canada for, 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 the, for the Czech. So, and he used to um, take me to the ice ring, right? So after school, after school, sorry, but after school, you know, like twice, twice a week, they had kind of non-compulsory trainings mm -hmm. where they can take the kids yeah. to. And I was like, that was the highlight of my week, right? So just check the back in the corner and, and we go to, we go to watch them practice and muck around and I had my first skate. So there was no other way but to start ice hockey. Yeah, really. <laughs> that was the only option. And so what age was that, Vladan? When you I would have probably started skating four with them, those, um, you know, just mucking around. But I would have started a development at the age of five, I believe, right? Yeah. And so that took about three years. And when you're seven, when you're seven eight, that's when a first team gets, gets developed. So out of that development. And then it used to be everyone, every little nail with, you know, healthy hands, healthy, healthy feet, yeah. would be skating, trying ice hockey, right? Yeah. It still is the biggest sport in the country. So there would be like 70, 80 kids of the age group to, to select from, which right. is no longer the case. You know, it's hard to get kids to do sport nowadays, sadly, but, uh, but yeah, I would be doing the development, just skating drills and uh, not much of a puck yeah. for the first three years until um yeah i was year two at school so eight of eight, uh, yeah eight eight and a half something yeah that's when uh we had our first team yeah and what was the program like uh back then was it kind of every day on the ice or was it training twice a week or? no 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 that was basically four days i believe four days and i had that privilege because of my dad so i'd have those extra skates you know with with the with the professionals kind of in a corner mucking around, but four times, five times a week for sure. And like I'm saying, it was not until two years later where they give you a puck and you have a little scrimmage. So it was all skating up and down yeah. in groups, you know, yeah. doing pivots and- Laying uh, down the foundation just, essentially. Yeah, just learning how to skate because without skating really, you can't have a game, can you? So yeah. that is amazing. And, and was, was there sort of a, uh, like, was your dad sort of like, coaching you along the way? Did he sort of instill any no, sort of- No, 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 my dad was kind of, he, he, yeah. Just let you enjoy it? Just let me enjoy it. He didn't really step in until he was coaching me coincidentally after he'd retired. He coached me in the juniors. So when I was 16, he became my coach. And then I would get a bit of a feedback oh, okay. from him. But until then, he just stayed completely away from it. And I wish he would have probably, you know, talk to me a bit more, right. but he just kind of, it's your life, mind you do what you do. And when he started coaching, were there any sort of like philosophies or um, ways of thinking that he sort of started instilling in you that you sort of carry along 
because obviously your, your whole family were quite successful in, in terms of hockey. Yeah. Was there something that he sort of instilled in you? No, no, but he was sort of always the sort of person, you know, if you do it and if you do it right, good things will happen. But giving me a special kind of insight or, you know, um, helps, no. But what I needed from him, he's that's the sort of person he is. He mm. doesn't, he doesn't talk much. But uh, when the game finished and I did well, he would come up to me and says, "Well done!" and give me a high five, right? And I'm like, "Wow!" Yeah, that's so, yeah. So there's not not many words been spoken, but that little thing definitely, you know, wow, I'm doing something. That would right. boost you yeah, up, and that, that was all you yeah, needed yeah. to to get you going. But he wasn't really someone who would take me for an extra training, you know. Right. Or, you know, you have to work on this and that. That's what I um, just kind of developed myself. I, 14, 15, that's when I started doing push-ups because I was always mm -hmm. small and, yep. you know, not very, not very strong. Um, so, yeah, he was basically the one then slowing me down while you're doing too much weights. It's not good for you. Um, <laughs> So now he he stayed away from it basically, right? You know, but as I said, being my coach, then there was just these few little pushes where he just kind of looks at me and nods like, "Well you, done, yeah, you're that's, just, that's all I needed, right?" Yeah. And so growing up in Ostrava, apart from hockey, what else is it kind of like? Because if I'm right, it's the confluence of like four major rivers. It's a it's a big place. Like, what what did the summers look like there? Well, it's a it's a third biggest country, in third, third biggest city in the country, and uh, yeah, those days, you know, we're looking at seventies, right? Um, there were no computers this way before mm -hmm. internet, so everyone's outside running, playing, yeah. doing sports. Yeah. And um, but doing ice hockey, there was not much space to do any other sports nowadays. Kids. Right try all different sports and my children, uh, mm -hmm. you know, classic example of it and I think it's important. But we had the different sports like basketball, volleyball, football, we had it as an off hockey season training within the team, right? So right. we were all decent at playing different sports as well because that was a big part of the development. Um, doing other sports, yeah. you know, that, that concept of team sport and kind of knowing where to be, where to position yourself. That was always embedded in us. Um, and we were lucky enough to be coached since I was a kid. And then my, my dad took over. And when I was, you know, early twenties, every single coach that I was under was a former professional mm. high profile player. Right. Yeah. Um, so there were knowledgeable people throughout the, the career and that, that is just, you know, that's priceless. Yeah. It's definitely something we've seen like a common thread where like, it's not just focusing on hockey, just sort of developing yeah. the athlete yeah. overall, getting comfortable. Definitely. With we did lots of gymnastics as kids, right? So okay. they kept us away from weights until you are 16 where you grow into your body. Mm. But we would do, you know, climbing as a part of, of hockey training where am I looking? Am I looking there or Either whatever? Either or, yeah. One so like natural, general gymnastics and, you know, somersaults and body control was massively big in it. And um, 
to a degree now you're looking at um, young prospects like my kids are playing you know lots of sports and you see a lot of kids who struggle you know to cricket fielding you know there's a lot of kids yeah. who don't take it naturally to get under the ball and be yeah. naturally athletic kid, yeah. right so and we all used to be that because we never sat at home it was always outside yeah i think there is so many distractions like to not be outside or kicking a ball or climbing a tree or something nowadays, which is really tough. But so interesting to hear it, how that emphasis was on skating younger and then it kind of brought in those hockey skills because, I mean, we're always kind of talking about what's going on with the next generation of hockey players in Australia and I, I feel like there's this movement where we can't get enough ice time. So it really is up to the individual player. Like if they want to make it, they got to be like rollerblading, street hockey. They have to make up those other hours because realistically, like in a training session, you're going to get three goes in the drill and then the coach is going to talk for five minutes and then on the game, you're not on every shift. So it's like, it's, so it's difficult. Hard. And, uh, you know, ice hockey development in Australia is always going to be limited, right? Because the yeah. amount of, the amount of um, ice time. And I actually, coincidentally, yesterday, I was kind of Googling and then uh, we talked about, my kids and I talked about the NHL in, um, in Melbourne, in, in Rod Laver. And so I kind of, and then one thing comes up um, and it's a podcast of a guy, I don't, I don't know what his name is, but he's a former goalie or goalie from the Australian league. Um, wouldn't tell you, but it's about 20 minutes. And, and I really enjoy that thing where he's talking in depth about IHL because yeah. he used to play it and the development and how it's comparable to professional competitions throughout the world. And he basically says it in a beautiful language that, you know, Australia is always going to be unfortunate. It's always going to be difficult to, to develop quality, you know, compatible players. And that's why I have so much respect to Australia. And I'm so happy that I have been part of it because you guys are amazing. Like really out of nothing, you <laughs> become very, very good players. And I was part of a league that gave me lots of joy, a lot of fun and, and uh, a lot of friendship. So I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But developing players is going to be back to that. It's going to be always good. And then, you know, not having the ice time and uh, kids want to play the game, right? Give me the puck, give me the puck. So that skating kind of goes aside because you got to please the kids and yeah. give them the puck. Because if you don't, then the parents will take them and do yep. those crickets and footballs and basketballs, you name it. So AFLs, rugby, I mean, there's so much to choose from for a young kid mm. in Australia. And then you know, why would you want to take it to, a, to an ice ring, really? Yeah. <laughs> Unless you are somehow connected to the sport through parents, you know, through your background, Europe, Canada. So it's going to be, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. And, uh, but anyway, going back, you know, everybody wanted to do hockey. You shut up and do what we tell you. Mm. And that's skating, boom, boom, up and down, up and down. Yeah. So let's fast forward. Uh, HC Vitovice in the top league so you play there what was that experience like were you training up with them building up to when you played yeah. with them and look I, I i had a bit of sniff with them i never really played competition games because uh i guess unlucky for me at the time when i was trying out for them they were the top club in the country basically they were like 
five national team players wow. on yeah. the team and it was just basically mission impossible to make it. Mm. Um, so I was one of the kind of prospects and I played three, you know, three leading up um, seasons where then I got cut. So I play exhibition games and this and that, and it was great, great uh, um, experience for me. Um, so yeah, I'm playing the junior league and then just, you know, kind of have an extra training with the, with the, with the men and I'm just kind of watching how good they are so that and have a little sniff and I practice or I become, you know, a sub for a match where, yep. you know, somebody gets injured. So just sit me on a bench in case something goes wrong. But just being there in that loop meant a lot for me, you know, like I, I, I never kind of at that age, I knew that I was not good enough to play, you know, competitively at that level. Like mm. it was just way too, way too ahead of where I was. But it was just great to be one of those guys who was kind of there. And then because I got cut, so I do the two years in Canada. Yep. And that helped me immensely. Um, and how did that kind of open up? Like, did you have an agent or, or did somebody- It's from my dad. Yep. So I was lucky enough, and that's two years after the, the borders opened and he was coaching the under 18s national team and it got me a spot, right? So if it wasn't of my dad, yeah. I would never be in a loop because that was, that was the days before agents, right? So that wasn't yep. at all. Yeah, you so would have had to have some sort of connection beforehand. You had to have a connection and that was my dad. So he says, you know, my son's doing well and I was doing well in the juniors level. And, uh, and then uh, before I knew I was on a plane in Canada and that was a, that was a, what was that like as a culture shock? Like, what would tell us? Like, well, I spoke no word of English. That's that's to be said in the first place. So I'm like, oh my god, Canada, my eyes. So I'm dressing my ass off. Sign language the whole time. So um, I'm getting fit because I, you know, I wanted to do well, and I'm learning self um, self learning English. Yeah. So I kind of understand half of the sentences, but I can't really say a word back. So that was that was a struggle, but uh, I mean, you know, just kind of chuck you in the water and you swim. You know, that's that was important. But um, the hockey was hockey was. I mean, you know, Canada is like yeah. you know, for a musician to have a gig at the Opera House. Yeah, it's like, the just it's like say no to that. Yeah, and the games were three times a week. It was kind of. 80 games a season like it was it was like an NHL form 80 game season crazy. maybe not 80 but with the playoffs it would have been gotcha. like it yeah. was just like it was constant games and travels and training so it was fantastic I, I really enjoyed it it did the, the slow slow start yeah you know where the style of the game the style didn't... of the game and the rings were like the size of this little thing like it was just <laughs> And um, being the only European in a competition didn't help, right? Right, yeah. So Did they kind of target you a little bit there? Target, right? Yeah. So you had to brace yourself and then you learn, wow, okay, so it's all happening. So it, it took a while, but with the, um, you know, learning the language a bit, you feel more of a team. So by Christmas, so the September start, by Christmas, I felt at home and I had a strong finish of the season. They kind of brought was, you in. And then I was invited back as a veteran and I just came back as, you know, I was at home and yeah. I smashed that season. That was good. Yeah. But yeah, lots of ice, lots of, yeah, 
just, you know, because if I didn't go to Canada and I didn't make it to the top league, it would be a lower leagues of senior back home. Right. And, uh, but having those extra two years of, of junior hockey and having so much eyes was definitely helpful for me, yeah. And then Japan. Was that Japan? It's I don't know how it appeared on the thing. Yeah, that never happens. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's another Stransky. So, okay. Somehow it is on the elite prospect. I know yeah. that people have told me, but I've never been to Japan. Okay, so, so I'm glad we've cleared yeah. that up. That's yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Did so, you have Did you have to fight anyone in Canada to sort of like prove that you were oh, yeah, like yeah, a little bit? Yeah, 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 yeah. You kind of so they back I'm, off a little bit. I never, I never. I would never be the one who would start it, but you know, it just comes to a point where like I've had enough yeah. and you have to step your foot down. And and then- um, Especially the way the game was played back then, it would have been very heavy, very game. like a lot of hard sticks and slashes yeah. and stuff, a lot of hooking. It was tough, um, but eventually you just have to, okay, well, you know, you can't get away. Yeah, you got to man up. You got to man up and uh, I'm short. Yeah. Look, hockey is a good thing, but you don't know what's under the gear, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they took me on, I'm gonna, but you know, I was strong then, so yeah. I could, I could uh, hold my ground. Yeah. But it wasn't that would happen on a regular basis. The second year possibly where I felt more comfortable. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, okay, let's do it. You knew what to expect. Yeah, like yeah, you knew yeah, what was, was coming. Was, you know, I felt part of the team. I spoke English, so that all that verbal exchange, that didn't worry me. Yeah, anymore. yeah, yeah. Like if you wanna just, yeah, take it on, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do so bit of adrenaline as a young yeah. 19 year old but it was never it was never something that i really embraced you know to, yeah. to fight but being the one who creates an offense you get targeted by the of course defense, yeah so you have to it's physical especially when you're toe dragging that same defender over and over again with the same move yeah. <laughs> You're talking, probably, probably you're talking it up nicely, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> We're here to pump your tires, mate. We're here to pump your tires. How was Manitoba like in uh, in like sort of the town that you were in? Was It was a small town of 15,000 people. So there was not much happening apart from hockey. Um, but, you know, I just really liked it. I, I did school, they sent me to school and I really wanted to learn the language. So I, I took that seriously. So I did study it, I read. Um, and I went to gym every day and afternoon was a training, right? So, yeah. and then obviously teenagers, so there'd be parties and this and that, but yeah. and, you know, they can play and they can party those kids there. Oh yeah, especially yeah. that area of Manitoba. Yeah, I think yeah, there's yeah. Some, some hard kids around there that would go hard in the paint. But I, I was there for hockey yeah. and uh, I just, you know, kept doing what I was there for. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Was it, was it as cold as yeah, they yeah. say? There was one party where, you know, there'd always be somebody driving <laughs> and then I just somehow got stuck, whatever. And uh, there's, I had to walk home, oh. like 20 minute walk oh. from that house. I didn't even know where it was. It was minus 30. No. Like, I thought I was gonna die that night, right? Oh my and you know, you had a couple of drinks. You don't know how to drink those days, but a couple of drinks, you, you know, stumbling and um, that was a long walk. So that would, there were, there were literally games where people would leave their engines on as the game went really? on at the parking lot. Wow. It's like minus 20, minus 30. That's incredible. Because if you turn the engine off and don't have a garage, you no chance. Get it back on, yeah. right? So they had these bays with power points 
and then you just stick the battery to it and leave, <laughs> leave the engine going while the, while the match was being played. It's funny for, for, for yeah, speaking of Australia, we were at the beach, you know, the Canada is a different, different It's a different animal over there, yeah. Plus the wind chill, it, yeah. it just kind of cuts through your, your jacket. Yeah, and then people have it tough there, right? Like it's just mm. like Aussies, you know, farmers. I mean, it's not an easy life, right? No. So there were some tough cookies there yeah. for sure, yeah. Crazy that the ice rink is actually the warmest place around. Like yeah. you go in there and that's that's warmer. <laughs> and so, okay, so you do time in Canada and then you head back to Czechia and then talk me through that. So you're playing a few different teams when you went back over? Yeah, so the, I, I did, again, I tried again back for the top team, changed coaches, changed development. They were still doing extremely well, so it was pretty obvious after the first couple of weeks that they kind of had me, you know, you know, you need to have six lines sort of thing. Yeah. To have proper twice a day trainings. So I was there kind of to fill the numbers and they sent me to um, to a backup team. So I played the, the, the second highest division in Opava. I don't think those stats are on the, on the thing that no. a few years missing for some reason. But yeah, I played, I played the second, third highest in Czech basically until I decided to come to Australia and I ended up at the third level, the third league mm. where it was a semi, semi-professional competition, but I had, I had a contract, right? So right. I was one of the players that, you know, there was like four guys that were getting paid and the rest were kind of having a little bit of side mm. after work. And that was like a strong message where, you know, I wasn't going to make anything else out of that. So mm. what do you do next, right? Mm. So I was getting work. I was working as part of playing as well the last two years before Australia. And I was just kind of thinking what to do next, what's the next step. How did Australia pop up? Like how did that become an idea and then? It, uh, I was grow up as a kid and I had, um, I had a work desk or school desk with a, with a little glass. And then we had some photos, family photos under it. Somehow there was a postcard of Sydney Australian Harbour, right? With the yeah, Opera right. House. So I'm as a kid doing my homework, well, if I ever, <laughs> and there was a photo of, of Sydney, right? And I'm thinking, this is just beautiful. And then, um, but I don't target to live in Australia, but then uh, a friend of mine goes, you know, goes to Sydney, a guy that I used to play hockey with, uh, and I'm like, well, that's that's a good idea. And that's where I first started thinking about it. So I, 2001, I come here in April, 2001, April, it's been a while. And I, I didn't bring skates. I didn't come here to play hockey. Mm. It was just, you know, study. Why would there be hockey here? Yeah, I didn't even know, <laughs> I didn't even know. Uh, so hockey was kind of, I just, you know, packed it up and it didn't go anywhere. It was fun. So in your mind, you were done with hockey, essentially, ready. like you've already done. stepped away from the game and you thought that's as much as I can do. I, was done. I knew that there would be hockey of some sort in Australia, but I wasn't, you know, thinking that, you know, I'll come to Australia and I'll try to search it and join. It was coincidentally that Vlad Roops actually calls me one day and asks, you know, would you join us? So. And that's when that happened that I'd, I'd lived in the country for a year. So I'm kind of settled, get my school and, you know, I'm working. Um, 
So I kind of thought I'm, you know, I'm settled enough to, to head out and have that hobby. And that was a great decision. I'm, I'm really grateful for it. Yeah, really enjoyed it. And what were you studying when you first came out to Australia? Just the college, you know, it's just like these little things where, yeah. again, I wanted to get the, you know, improve my, improve my English. And uh, it's just little colleges that um, international yeah. students kind of take it. And that give you that that college gives you a student visa that allows you yep. work, right? Yeah. Mm. So, basically, an excuse to uh, to do some work in as well. Yeah. And what was the first kind of? Because uh, we've heard from like Al Beckham we had on, who was the goalie, and like his first experience of like coming to the rink in Australia and just like looking around. Your first what the f what moment. Was, yeah. What was it like? That was. Um, <laughs> That was, Vladdy calls me Rubes, right? I'd never met him, never heard of him. And he calls me, mate, we're starting, we're starting Saturday and this is like Monday night, right? Yep. Saturday is our first game, are you gonna play? Well, I'm like, I have nothing, right? Yeah. I had skates, so I, I brought roll blades. Okay. I, I unscrew the, 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 the blade. Yeah. The hockey blade and i put roll blades on my balance really? right okay yeah, yeah, yeah. so i had the, i had the skates as well i'm like well i can do that i'll go to bunnings and get some screws and i put the so like hard plastic like hard plastic with buckles yes i don't know you guys this is way before you probably had a 5.9 this is a bauer 4000 i think they were oh called. yeah at the time yeah. they were the skate they were yeah. the skates right yeah and i would do roll blading so i would and then so I put it back on, but I said, so Vladdy, I've got, I've got skates, but that's it. He goes, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> so I go to lockdown on Tuesday night and he gives me this bag of, wasn't even a gear, I mean, it was just anything, right? And I'm like, that's good enough. So I put it on and uh, I have a training and then on Saturday I play, right? And that was against the dogs, Blacktown Arena. That was, that was an experience. Yeah, that rig, sure. yeah. <laughs> Um, that would have been an eye opener. And, uh, and I'm kind of like, you know, not really paying attention. I just have a little skate. And as soon as the puck get dropped, you know, I got slashed over my ankles. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, right. Okay. Welcome to Australia. Back to Canada. So yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got to pay attention because it may be dangerous. So, yeah. but, you know, it was, um, yeah, that season we won the good old cup. Yeah. And this is basically the, the pre-AIHO sort of thing. So right. there was only six teams in the league. I remember we beat Adelaide in the finals in Blacktown. And uh, I'm kind of in that cruise mode where we'll probably keep winning yeah. cups, you know. Uh, and the next season, you know, the the North Stars, Schlempi yeah. was one of them. I remember Schlempi yeah. being, yeah. being the <laughs> yeah. import. And I'm like, okay, that's different now. Yeah. And it started it's to- It's taken another step. Every, every year, it started to improve and it became, as I was retiring, it was, it was a decent, you know, Australian AIHL is a decent competition. Yeah. It must've been awesome to like be in Australia, but just instantly have that 30 mates and traveling every second weekend. Just changed, it just changed everything for me. Cause you know, being a year, I came here by myself and living here for a year, you kind of, you know, get your friends and you meet people at school, you go to work but you don't really know people, right? Yeah. And as soon as I was in our dressing room, they were like, hey, well, nice to meet you, good to have you. And I knew I was gonna do well as a player. Yeah. 
and that's kind of I'm like I miss this right yeah and the brotherhood the game you go to a tavern you have a beer and all of a sudden I have like numbers of friends yeah. in my mobile that I can you know it really made a difference yeah. where socially I kind of felt I'm more at home and that definitely is and that that what hockey does to you right so yeah definitely made a massive difference yeah and when did uh, Paul Schumach come across to the Bears? Because I remember, you know, seeing every time his name pops up, just see a, a smile crack on everyone's face. Well, he makes you laugh. He's, he's, a, a, he's a legend. He's a legend. He's really legend. And he was there that training first at Blacktown. That's the guy that I remember the first, Shui, right? Like he's always loud in a dressing room. Yeah. And, uh, and after games, you know, like he just, uh, he's a great teammate. He's a great player, nice guy. And uh, so, so Shui was there. Yep. Shui was there ever since I started playing. Yep. He went to my wedding and yep. then we just keep playing strong. The old man still, you know, yeah. 20, 23 years later, yeah. we're still teammates. So yeah, Shui is, Shui is. And, and a lot of like Murray Wand, Tyler Lovering, like Vladdy's been there. Like it was so Carl, Carl, Carl Di Piazza. Yeah. Right? So there's still, you know, the old Bears, there's still a bunch of guys that I first met, you know, started playing hockey in Australia. It's all, it's, it's a small family, but I'm happy to be part of it for sure. You could tell too, like it was like, like that was when the Bears were really like, Doing well yeah, there, we're, we're doing and you well. can tell like that all the guys there, and you you're part of. Well, I came in in 2007, and I just played youth. I had literally like no thought of playing in the AHL, but then somebody was just like, "Hey, they they need defensemen to sit on the bench," and I was like, "Yeah, I can do that. That sounds great. Let's go." And then I started coming into it, but it was like you know the first couple of training sessions, you're trying to like figure everyone out and kind of see what's going on. But I remember like walking into the change room, Fladan, and like I just opened the door and I like bumped into you and I was like, what's going on? So like, you know, my eyes are open to like, you know, high level of hockey that I've ever played and, you know, all these guys. And I see you with your stick underneath the door with the heat gun, just bending this thing, just doing it. And I don't think until then I hadn't realized the curve and I was like, I, I couldn't understand what was happening, but soon after I realized there was a there was a post to it. You couldn't take your eyes off him after that. that was, no, you that probably were just that, that changed my whole Well, that was basically the curving of the blades. That's what we did as kids back back in the day in the Czech, right? Because they were like a delivery. We'd be getting obviously free sticks, but there was a pack that you know whatever take it. Yeah. You know, so there was not like that. You wanted that curve. You wanted that curve. Yeah. There was a pile of stick. And then you did what you did with it, right? Yeah. And um, and everybody obviously wanted to have different curves, you know, you name it. And you look up at someone at the, at the top level and then you want to have their curve. And so that thing that I've developed using and liking, that didn't take until I was 27 or something, 25. Right. So was it was it kind of developing that whole time from when? Yeah, you yeah, 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 definitely. So kind, kind of, of you know, like, and then, then you get a stick that is similar to that and it feels good, but... Uh, like I said, you had different packs and you just take what they give you sort of thing. But um, it just somehow clicked that, you know, like as, you know, as, as an athlete, if you want to call my career in athleticism, you know, you, you develop yourself and you're learning what sort of player you are, right? Mm. Until it sort of 
clicks. You find that you, magic sweet you, spot. You kind of know what you can give to the team and what mm. sort of player you are. And it comes with, you know, using the yep. gear. I don't yeah. know, like I, I just, I couldn't wear a massive shoulder pads. I felt like I'm, I'm, I'm in armor, right? So yeah. I'd yeah. always have it. And, and then the stick and the curve, and especially the length of the stick, you know, that's very something that most people, most players are very fussy about. You can't play with a stick that is that much longer, shorter, right? Like it just changes everything. Yeah. And on you, would that always be kind of below the chin? That was below the chin, yeah. Below yeah. the chin. And just for everyone who's watching, I'm gonna flash the curve here, but essentially it was like a P28 before P28 was even here. This was, you know, years ago. And you'll notice that the bottom of the blade on these photos is actually cut. And Vladan, if you can talk about why has it got that extra cut on the bottom of the toe? What does that, what does that give you? Well, I just kind of, um, as I was experimenting with the curves and then, you know, there'd always be a tool room back in check where there'd be file. And then, you know, so you'd, you know, you just did whatever you did to it. And I just find that little undercut that kind of round tip of the blade gave me the ability, like I was, you know, always kind of decent with back handling. Hmm. Um, and that gave you that extra smoothness where when you have the bottom of the stick that is sharp, as you try to, you know, back handle near your feet, you lose a touch of is this like surface area? There, because yeah. the surface area, because your blade, your stick blades only basically the tip of it is touching the ice mm. and then you lose control of the puck. So to kind of curve it, then at any given point, that tip of the blade is always touching the ice and you feel like you're really controlling the puck without having a look at it. And that's the idea. Like if you keep looking at the puck, you're not going to play well. No, right? yeah. yeah. You get smashed. Yeah. With with your big guns. <laughs> <laughs> there was no way I was going to be touching him if, I, if we played the same same time. There was no way I'd be able to reach him. Uh, so 2007, good old cup. Now that's the second good old cup. So you got it the first year in 2002, and then you're saying everyone in the league kind of, you know, there was different imports coming in, everyone's rising. And then 2007, I think it was off a Pazminka slap shot. That was a beauty, yeah. Yep, yep. Pazzi joined the team, and that's, one of all the kids I've ever played hockey with, Pazzi is just, the way he can hit the puck, slap shot, it's just, you know, major league shot. And he was just unbelievable. He was never a guy who would go to uh, to a gym, you know, it's just a natural swing. Yeah. Like he yeah. would be a brilliant golfer. Right. You know, yeah. if he, he just has that natural thing and he, he gets fed on the blue line, you know, overtime against the stars, Matt Ezzi in the goal at the time, yeah. who was who was a wall, he was yeah. a really good keeper. And then Pazzi just like goes through everyone and um, he goes to the net, yeah. And do you remember another part of that run, I believe was we had Pekka Kankan Ranta in net. And one thing about Pekka that season was that there was never a second shot or a garbage goal because after every butterfly had kicked the net off. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> he was a prof professional goalkeeper from Finland and he was, I remember him, he was a guy who always was there first warming up. He'd always be off the ice last and he always wanted to do better. So he had some weaker games, you know, we all do, mm. but he was a, just a nice guy who just blended in beautifully and he was a hard worker. Yeah. And when it, when it 
was needed, he just shut the goal. Like he was just a wall, right? Yes. So if it wasn't of him, you know, you can't win a competition without a good goalie, right? Mm, so, yeah. And then we were facing those days for six consecutive years. Matt Azzi was, you know, by far the best keeper in the, in, in the league. And, mm. and the stars, you know, with their imports, you know, they were not a match for us. You know, they were just a better team. So it was me and Vladi were the offensive force, the old men who were no longer imports, right? Mm. And um, we could not match against the top line of the new of the of the stars, right? They had they had like East Coast players, yeah, like, right. I mean, you know, yeah. draft pick players, yeah, legit pros, mid twenties, young kids flying, and um, three of them together. I'm like, you know we're not going to outplay them, right? So, yeah. and they had uh, Starkey, yeah. you know. That's right, yeah. Stark, wow, what a player he yeah. was. And then they did it really well, the Stars, I must say, because Starkey would always have a young Aussie kid next to him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he was developing, you know, young defenders. So they, they did it really well. And um, so for us to win, had to take a Pazzi to really rip the net. <laughs> with what he could do and then Pekka in goal and the rest of us were just kind of, you know, yeah. let's try not to use lose the one-on-ones and hopefully we'll bring it home. Yeah. So that was definitely the second one was like, wow, we were able to do it again. And I said, after the first one, 2002, I thought, oh, it's going to be happening every year. Yeah, right. And, yeah. It, and it wasn't right. So, you know, the stars were bringing these imports, Melbourne, had really good players as well, right? And then yeah. it started, the Brisbane was in the league at the time. They had quality, like it was, you know, when, when, the, when the best players of the teams were on the ice, it was a tough gig. Like mm. it was not an easy, you know, it was not an easy competition to play at all, not at all. Do you remember a defenseman in the league that you always kind of thought, he's got my number, like he was one that you- Oh, Whitey. 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 Whitey was a nasty piece of work. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I kind of like, you know, you trash talk and, you know, where you always be the piercing eyes and I'm like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> young kid. And it wasn't until I, um, I saw him after the game once in a T-shirt and I'm like, oh, God, I better be careful now, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, so definitely someone who I know was targeting me, like he took a pride in, you know, putting pressure on you and you just wanted to stay away from him. And, yeah. and people like that. And, and that's part of the game where, I mean, you know, you don't try to outmuscle people who are stronger no. than you, you know, yeah. that's not, I'm going to get killed. Yeah. So keep it away, keep your eye, you know, over your shoulder because he was actually trying to, you know, he wasn't looking at the puck, nah, he was he taking was, body. Yeah. And um, so I was keeping away from him as much as I could. And as he was approaching, I tried to pass, you know. Mm. Uh, but one-on-ones against people like that, it doesn't get you anywhere, right? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's like the game within the game yeah, where you yeah, sort of have to definitely. use more than just your physical and then ability. For me to, to be, to, for me to be productive, and that was part of the learning curve of me as a player. And with that blade we've mentioned, you just kind of know that your strength is being faster than the big defenders. Mm -hmm. yeah. So when it comes to the corner, if you are half a step ahead, that means you know how to position yourself and you read the game. If you can get that edge where you being the one who's chased, 
but being ahead, yeah. then you can you dictate can, the plate. You can, you can dictate the plate and you can avoid the defenders that try to bash you, right? Mm. And if you can do that, I'm thinking five on five, if you can win your one on one in a corner, you've made it a power play for a split of a second. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then if you can then use that time wisely to make a play or try to take on another player, then you are the one who's dictating, right? So, yeah. Yeah, and playing the corners and then trying to kind of dig the puck away and then, you know, and feed the defenders on the blue line. That's what I was trying to do. And yep. and when it works, it feels well. Yeah. When you get bashed in a corner, it doesn't. Oh, yeah, especially when there's no glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the Nets. I mean, and also Canberra, like when Canberra had like metal around the back of like the chain. and Yeah, yeah, that's... I thought they got that rid of that. No, nope. Canberra was always tough at home. That small ring, and you know they were obviously offensively not as, but but the defenders there were there was Rumo Rumikainen, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and then Aaron Clayworth, Clayworth, yeah. yeah, we played national team together. Very good players, and um, again, it's not an easy to do all that well consistently on a small eyes against. Mm you know, strong defenders and yep. yeah, Canberra was like, we'd mostly win in their barn, but it was never an easy task. Right? Yeah. So. And like for each season, like you mentioned that you saw how the game sort of got better and better within Australia. Was there sort of a, a shift in terms of the preparation for each season? Did you have to sort of elevate your game? Definitely, do some more definitely. off ice stuff? Like I said, the first time, the first season, goodness, uh, like I would, you know, people would me up and doing their skates and I go out and I have a cigarette, right? So. Love it. Literally, you know, but as the second season and playing the North Stars and, I'm, and I, I got I got caught badly on the blue line, you know, trying to do that nonsense thing. And there was this defender who just boom, pummeled me. I'm like, shit, you know, do I need this? So I'm like, that was the wake up call. That was a sort of wake up call. Well, mate, you have to take it a bit more serious. And uh, it's not that I was kind of arrogant. I hope I didn't. But um, I was just kind of, yeah, let's just have a skate and. And kind of in cruise control type thing, yeah. 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 But it was definitely apparent to me that if I'm to enjoy myself and if I'm to be, you know, productive and do well, I just have to take a different approach to it. So yeah. I, I was fit, I wasn't struggled there, but definitely the mindset changed where, all right, game time, yeah. let's play a game. And you got that competitor in you oh, as well yeah, that yeah, doesn't yeah, want yeah, your, your yeah, ego yeah, again, yeah, like, no, yeah, no, no, no yeah, chance these Aussies definitely. are gonna show me up that's like that. That's there too, that's there too. And it, it's, not, it's not unhealthy, I don't no. think, but, um, and like I said, I've, I've always had massive appreciation and respect to Australian hockey, I always have. And I mean, so moving forward then, coming full circle, you know, you come here, you get these great rivalries between all the teams and then 2009, world championships like you know you're now coming on to the national team how was that moment like was that kind of surreal to think that it was it was and my first experience i mean playing for the national team i remember it was in lithuania playing div one and that was just crazy we we played kazakhstan slovenia i mean kopita was yeah. supposed to be there it's not even funny he didn't make it because of the because of uh the insurance they couldn't pay but they were all, you know, quality players throughout Europe, right? Yeah. The Slovenians. And, uh, and then, but I remember standing there 
on the blue line leading up to the game and they played they played anth anthems right okay so i'm part of the gig being in rookie on the team i had to sing a national anthem at the dinner nice with the other nice. rookies i struggled there but uh <laughs> but i'm standing there on the blue line and i get shivers because i was you know i'd lived in australia long enough to be connected to the country i yeah. had a, you know a fiance at the time so i was an aussie right Back yeah then. and uh and that was kind of like wow it's all happening like it was surreal and a beautiful experience but then going to uh 2009 that was the only second time that i played for australia i retired after that to a two two ten i think it was in two, yeah in melbourne melbourne in yeah. 210 wasn't yeah. it yeah that was um being at home you know all the best players all the best and that was the new rink as well new like it rink. was just just built it was just built and you could feel this kind of all right we do want to do well yeah. and all the best players were there yeah because everybody wanted to play at home right yeah greg Gotti, uh joe hughes was on the team stormy yeah nathan nathan's yeah. first uh first time he was a 17 year best old best player so. of the tournament i'm pretty sure he yeah. got that well, he was he was just you know obviously a different level the way he was skating um he was only 17 but yeah yeah nathan what do you say right yeah. uh and yeah just uh it doesn't surprise me. That's the first time I'd, I'd, I'd met him, really. Uh, it doesn't surprise me he did so well. You know, obviously, you see him with the puck and everything. He was a different level to all of us. But uh, just a grounded, nice guy, yeah. driven. And uh, yeah. he's just, to me, he's, a, he's an absolute legend. Not only in hockey circles in Australia, but to make it from Australia to the NHL, I mean, you're up there with the Donald Redmonds to me and yeah. Lathan units. Yeah. That's how good Stormy yeah. is. Never going to be recognized that way, but yeah. uh, he's he's an amazing guy. Yeah. And you know his experience, like of having to move somewhere, learn a new language and for him to... And coincidentally, like, there's a bit of a connection because I know that he was 14 when he went overseas and he played for Vitkovice, right? Yeah. And my older brother, was his coach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I knew that. Like, yeah, yeah. So when we meet two or three years later playing the Worlds in Melbourne, Stormy comes up to me, he goes, well, no, you know, because he was good friends with my nephews yep. and my brother was his coach. And I remember I'm on the phone with my brother. He's, there's this Aussie kid who I've never really met. He goes, he's our best player. It doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> so a 14-year-old joins academy in Czech and just within a month, he's the top player. There. Yeah, and, and then he started playing up in age groups and, and uh, incredible. But, you know, that's just, you know, and, and when I spoke with Nathan in Melbourne, we go in depth and he's funny. He just comes up and speaks fluently Czech to me. It was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and all that, you know, all the peppery languages and all that. Yeah. He's a character that he says, I, I said, how did you blend with the young Czechs and, you know, and then he goes, oh, I was whatever. And he tells me it was just unbelievable how good and beautiful the players were in Czech. Mm. But they, not nearly all of them, just did not give it 100%, right? So, kind right. Of, you know, when the coach is not looking, I'm going to stop. Sort yeah, of thing, right? gotcha, gotcha. Just cutting corners. Yeah. And it tells you something about why the Czech hockey has gone down the rankings right. right and he just uh, 
embrace that situation. He's just he's a he's a he's a nasty piece of animal. He just wants yeah. always the best, and that's why he's taken over. I don't think he was necessarily technically the best player, but he you, just did better. Than you think it's like his mindset? He's just you know. He knew what he wanted, and yeah. that sort of maturity for a young kid mm. is just unbelievable. And and really, like I mean, my kid is now thirteen. It's not gonna wait. There's no way that at the mm. age of fourteen I let him go. Yeah. You know, to the end of the world, and their parents committed to it, and um, I knew that he was gonna be well looked after in Czech. You know, the people and the community of hockey. So he was gonna be looked after there. But the parents would not know that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. Like he's going to Czech Republic. What? What the hell is that? Yeah. Yeah. So they let him. It just tells you about the family, how confident they are in him, and he just made a career out of nothing like it's just amazing yeah. yeah so amazing so you get the gold in melbourne i mean that and it's been a special moment for you it was special but i knew that i kind of felt i must say i wasn't at my peak i had um, i was injured i had a bloody blood uh, infection i was still on antibiotics wow. leading up to the training camp so i knew it was not going to be great but we're at the and my son is six months right yeah, right. my, my, my oldest son is six months and I'm like, remember, I'm, I'm at the hotel, you know, can't go to sleep at night. I just missed him. And I'm like, you yeah, know, what am I doing here sort of thing? Bruh. But back to hockey, I played with Stormy on one line. So there was uh, me on one wing, uh, Joey Hughes in the middle, brilliant player yeah. and Stormy on the other side. What a line. We had line. we had we had fun, and then the other line that was still, um, you know, Liam Webster was strong, great player. Greg Oddie, I mean, just you Mr. Know, Australia. Greg Greg when he was at his best, he was a brilliant player. Talk so about a competitor. Had, that guy is. We had we had a great team, and uh, and we we went all the way, and then Serbia. In the in the decider, you know, they were they were a decent team, and. Uh, but you could sort of feel, you know, as the game progressed and the people were behind us, you could kind of feel it in their eyes. Oh, like, my, they didn't want to be there. No, right? yeah. So yeah. We kind of fed on that and brought it home. It was a beautiful experience. And then, you know, we're celebrating the gold and definitely something that I will never forget. And then I have a, I have a photo with my little baby boy. Yep. You know, beautiful. with the gold medal of that. So um, that's never going to go away. You know, I, and I knew that that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I just so you were able to embrace the moment. Absolutely. You could Absolutely. take it all in. Yeah. Yeah. So I was very fortunate that uh, I ended up playing hockey, winning a gold medal for, yeah. for my yeah. new country. That That's a big thing. Yeah. I mean, to kind of like move from Czech thinking maybe hockey is not my number one thing or maybe that's 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 the height and then come here new country gold medal world yeah, championship like my career yeah i wanted it to be different it didn't work for for various reasons wasn't what it went to be but i really embraced playing here i took it seriously i met beautiful people and i i had a lot of fun and again you know to wrap it up wearing the jersey that i really appreciate wearing i wasn't just you know i was given a citizenship mm. You know, I was an Australian, I felt at, at the moment, at, at that time. And, uh, you know, and winning it with people who I'd met, who, you know, I felt connection with. Yeah. We went off at each other 
for several years in yeah. the corners, you know, and now being teammates and really digging deep, it was a great experience for sure. Amazing. And now, so talk to me about the season of life now. Two boys, cricket players. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. there's this one is turning 13 in a couple of weeks. The younger Lucas, Joseph is older, Lucas is 11. Yeah, beautiful kids. Um, and they're sporty and that's, uh, I can't ask anything else than that. And it's funny how the older one, geez, like he must have been less than six in the uh, Australian summer of tennis, right? Oh, so yeah. I'm watching the tennis and he just literally steals the remote from me and flicks it to channel nine, watches test. And I'm like, what are you doing, right? <laughs> so we're basically chasing each other in the house yeah. and he won't give it away. He wants to watch cricket. I'm thinking, why would you, like Federer's playing it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not going to watch test match. Nothing yeah. happens. Test right? match, yeah, yeah. It's like five hours of, so yeah. So it was very apparent from early age that he just develops love for cricket and he's doing strong, both of them. And, um, and I've embraced the sport. I have no choice. Um, <laughs> it's never going to be my favorite sport, but I faced my kids in the nets. Yeah. you know, bowling at me yeah. and it's, wow, you know, I wouldn't want to face the top guy. So there is a skill in a sport that I never really appreciated. Yeah. Now I do. And I really enjoy watching my kids playing it. You know, again, I've met beautiful people through my kids. It's a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to my Saturdays and which if it's winter, they play football, right? Nice. So yep. Saturday, Sunday footballs, yep. having a coffee with the parents, Sunday, Bring, bring in my um, camping chair and watching them doing <laughs> trying their cricket. They're loving it. They're capable. And I'm, uh, as long as, you know, they're doing out, they're going out yeah. and trying, I can't be happier. And do you sort of have that same, like, kind of like what your dad did with you? You sort of stand back, just let them enjoy the game, yeah, let them develop but, the way they want to develop. But I will give him my feedback. I, I reckon my dad definitely could have, you know, used a few more kind of, pushing and yep. pulling when I was younger, that would have definitely gone a distance. That's the way he is. But I mm. do want to, I'm interested in my kids' development. I'm not saying my dad wasn't. It was just that generation where, you know, that father-son relationship was a bit difficult. Like he didn't know probably how to approach me as a kid. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I do definitely give my kids feedback and I talk to them and I'm always there with them. I don't speak to my kids when they've had a bad day. Right. On that day. Yep. That's a no-no. Yep. But eventually when I feel it's right, I say what I have to say and I know they do listen. They're just capable. They're very athletic kids. You know, they've got that eye-to-ball coordination. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they're doing basketball, football, cricket, um, you know, and it all kind of works for them. So it's up to them. So just a question, circling back to hockey, just going to wrap up here, but, you know, for kids that are listening or parents, you know, from, you know, being able to play such a high level of hockey throughout your life and career, what is a kind of a methodology with training that you could kind of impart on it? Because we're in this difficult situation within hockey in Australia where your team's only going to train once a week and, you know, you get a game on the weekend, but that's, I feel... You might have a different thing, but I don't think that's enough time to commit to hockey. You know, we travel so much, we spend so much money on it. So what's your kind of take on what should kids as they're growing up be trying to really put into hockey if they're serious about it? Look, if you love it and if you know that's your passion, 
do it. And then you can develop the skating drills, doing roll blading, right? Yep. You yep. can never say no. I mean, ice time is always going to be a difficulty in Australia, mm. no doubt about it. You can do roll blading and then, you know, twist and turns. You can develop skating technique that is slightly different to ice, I know, but it's still the same movement of yep. your lower body. And, uh, you know, if you love it, just keep doing it. And really, if you have parents who are supportive, then you as a parent, just give that to your kid, just mm. take him and, and any, just take him play football, take him to a live sport, right? That's a life changing experience. When I was watching live hockey as a kid. Yeah. Wow. And then I've come and watched you guys at Macquarie. I wish I would have, you know, we, we, we then played in Penrith and uh, just kind of, yeah, whatever. Mm. Had it been Macquarie, I would have probably had a few more seasons in me. I'm sitting there with my kids watching you guys and they are on the edge of the seat, right? So take your kids not only to live hockey, live sport, you know, mm. and then you see the atmosphere and that's what gives the kids the will to really work hard, yeah. you know? And if that's what you love, just keep doing it. Don't get encouraged in this... Oh, geez, I'm discouraged? Discouraged, yeah, that yeah. was the word, yeah. Don't let nothing discourage you, just keep going. And so, Vladan, you're still playing though, Summer League, with the boys, isn't it? Yeah. I'm taking a year off because I need to get my knee fixed. Yep. But uh, yeah, I'm playing with the old man. I'm, I'm loving it. It's great stuff. Yep. Awesome. That's, that's good fun. And it's out of Macquarie? It's Macquarie. Every yep. Tuesday, yep. Sydney Bears, and there's four teams in the comp. And a lot of the guys throughout the four teams, you know, the people that I've played against, Willow. Yep. Willow is still one of them, right? So, yep. PZ. There's a lot of guys that I've played against and with throughout the IHL days of mine. And uh, it's good to see you boys. You know, it's fun having a beer and yeah. go. Yeah. It's good stuff. Awesome. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to stop. If my body allows you to, I'll keep playing hockey. Well, Dan, I think we need to get you on the inline team. There is a Skaters Network inline team in the ISL. So you might have to crack out the rollerblades, put the other holders back on, and let's roll. <laughs> Vladan, thank you so much for coming in. That was absolutely awesome. Thank you so much. And then, I, I, you know, I love what you're doing. Anyone who does anything to encourage hockey in this country, I just take my head off to. You guys are doing well and I'm very privileged to, to have been here. Thank you, boys. Yeah.